my friends, and welcome to worship at Carmen United Church for September 20th of 2020. I'm so glad you've joined us for worship this day. My name is uh, Reverend Nick Phillips. I'm the pastor here at this church, and it's just so good to see us all together. Let's just prepare our hearts for worship this day. Let us pray. Lord God, may your Holy Spirit be upon us as we worship you today. As we gather in our homes, may your Spirit unite us as one in heart. As we praise you this day, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 20, uh, sorry, 12 to 31, where Paul writes, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not. For that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On, con on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with, with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there, would be, there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers... Every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, of different kinds of tongues? Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. 
Let us join together in prayer. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we come around your word seeking that which you would have us do and be in this world. So may the words of our mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. So last week we looked at spiritual gifts and how God has blessed us with these unique special abilities and these skills that we can get his work done, not just in our churches, but in our communities. We all have some special skills given to us by God. The trick is to learn how, uh, what they are and how we can apply them in our lives. This is where Paul continues to lead us with that second part of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The step, the next step, is to realize God wants us to work together. He wants us to be a team to do His work in the world that's around us. Now, I'm all about being on a team. I remember a conversation I had with a, with a woman a number of years ago, and she asked me what kind of sports I like playing. So I, you know, mentioned basketball, uh, volleyball, softball, those kinds of things. That I'm really kind of into team sports. I don't necessarily do a lot of the individual sports like swimming or, or running and that kind of thing. And she looked at me and she said, so you need help? Well, <laughs> I couldn't disagree with her. Being, being on a team requires some special considerations. We need to know what our role is. If you look at a hockey team, for instance, not every player on the team can be the number one scorer. Someone needs to be able to pass them the puck. Someone needs to have the, 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 the defensive skills to stop the other team from scoring. And someone needs to be the goalie. Now, sure, uh, players will all play different roles in the course of a game, but they can't be all focused on the same area. Someone needs to be the defensive specialist. Someone needs to pass the puck. Someone needs to bring the puck up the ice. All of these are crucial to having a successful hockey team. When I was in junior high school on the basketball team, I was the scorer. It helped that I was the, the tallest person on the team. But when I went to high school, my role, it had to change. There were other players who were better scorers than I was. I was no longer even the tallest on the team. That went to my new six foot nine friend. I had to adjust my game to fit into the skills of what others brought to the team. I had to adapt in order to be a productive member of this new team. So I learned, I focused on how being better able to help others score, uh, to be better on defense, because that's where we needed the help. Now, the same goes for using our spiritual gifts in the church or in the community. If we, say, want to launch a new ministry, we don't gather all the people with leadership skills together and let them figure it out. Trust me, that does not work well. You put a bunch of leaders in a room, and 
well, not a whole lot of work actually gets done. So you need to gather people together who have different skills and abilities. Now, you may need someone with, say, leadership skills to help uh, bring everyone together and figure out what needs to be done, but you might also need someone with administration skills to keep track of everything that's going on. You may need someone with, uh, with, gifts, with the gift of service to ensure that the work gets done as people join in together to do the work. You may need that gift of service to kind of give the example to move forward. It all depends on what kind of ministry you are trying to provide. And then from there, you determine what kind of gifts do we need and able to do this ministry. And of course, you need people who are passionate about the work that you feel you're being called to do. Now, Paul addresses us in our reading from 1 Corinthians 12 today. He says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ, he says. Now, my body's made up with all kinds of different parts. I've got eyes that let me see. I've got ears that help me hear. I've got a, a mouth that I can speak through. I've got hands that I can work with. I've got feet that I can walk on. I've got knees, elbows, uh, heart, lungs, liver, spleen. I've got all those parts. And each part of my body plays a particular role. Take away my elbows and, and how do I scratch the top of my head? Take away my baby toe and how do I find furniture at the, in the dark of night? Paul goes on to say, uh, well, like Paul goes on to say, I can't, my right hand can't say to my left hand, I, I don't need you, go away, because my hands work together on so many things in the run of a day. For instance, it would take me a whole lot longer to type up a service if I had to do it with only one hand. And now, my eye, it can't say to my hand, I'll handle everything from here, you can go away. I mean, my eye, it can't do everything. It just doesn't work that way. So not only do my various body parts have special roles that take part and have a, a role to play in my daily activities, my functions, my body works together intricately in order to perform those daily functions that I do. When I'm typing up a sermon, my brain comes up with the words, my eyes, they see the screen, my fingers, they do the typing. All of these things are connected. They're connected by a nervous, nervous system, which does all the communication through my body to make sure things happen in a proper way. God built us these magnificent bodies to work in a particular way. He built them so, so intricately, so carefully, so perfectly that they just do what they are designed to do. He's done the same thing with the church. He's given people a variety of roles to play. He's given people different skills in order to fulfill those roles. 
And like how our bodies are controlled by our nervous system, this huge network of communications that is in us that carries all the instructions around to our many parts, like our bodies, God uses the Holy Spirit to communicate to the various parts of the church. Now, is it always perfect? Well, how many people of us, as we age, find that our bodies don't function quite as well as they used to? Our reflexes have slowed. We have these unexplainable aches and pains. Our body's communication system just doesn't work as well because our body parts aren't able to listen and pick up the messages quite as well as maybe it used to. Well, the same goes for the church. Except it's not an aging thing. It's a communication thing. If we don't listen to God through the Holy Spirit, if we're not listening to God's communication channels, then how can we act or react like he would want us to? Now you've heard it said that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He is the brains of the operation. So we need to remain connected to him. Just like our bodies, when the communication is disrupted from our brain to the rest of our body, they don't function as they should. The church, if it's not hearing from Jesus, then it's not functioning as it should be. Now, if the Holy Spirit is our communication tool, this thing we use to uh, keep in touch with the head of the church, well, how do we use it? What does it look like? Well, it looks like prayer. It is prayer. This prayer, this spending quality time with God is how we need to function both as a church and as members of the body that we call the church. Now, there's one other thing that Paul mentions that I want to touch on today. And it's highlighted in the verses 24 to 26 of 1 Corinthians 12. He says, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, that lacked honor, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, I also want to back up a little bit and, and include verse 13 in this. It says, For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. We are all in this together. There is no one in the church who is weaker than any other. There is no one who is to be looked down upon. We, together, all of us, are the church. We are all part of God's work. We are all deeply loved by our God. 
So just because I may have the gift of leadership, it doesn't mean that I am better than the people who say have um, the gift of, of, of service. I know that a church cannot function, it cannot survive without a multitude of gifts. God gave me my spiritual gifts, and he gave you yours. And he gave them to us for a purpose. The purpose is to be the church, to be his active presence in the world, to share his love and his mercy to all. The diversity of the people, the, the variety of gifts we all share, the passions and skills we possess, we possess, all of it, all of it can be used equally to bless one another, to bless our churches, and especially to bless the community that is around us. Now, Paul ends our reading for today by revisiting kind of a sublist of spiritual gifts. He acknowledges we don't all have the same gifts. But the final words we read today speak to us, at least I think. It says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Now, I don't think he's telling us that there's a hierarchy to spiritual gifts. Because in some ways that would go against what he has been teaching us about spiritual gifts. I believe he's telling us to seek God's gifts always. God's gifts, God's spiritual gifts are all greater gifts. They're greater than anything we can find anywhere. We are all honored by God to be part of his family. We are all equal, seeking to do his work. We are all blessed by God with love and with spiritual gifts. Paul is telling us to seek the best the best that God wants for us, whatever that may be. And we're going to take this gift and we're going to bring it to the church and together we do his glorious work of ministry so that others will know they are loved as well. And so I'm just going to add this last point. Bring your gifts to the church, whether it be Carmen or whatever other church you go to. God has blessed you abundantly with a skill or ability that allows you to help others. So bring that gift to the church. Join with your brothers and sisters in serving God together. You are part of the body of Christ. You are vital to God's mission in this world. And we as a church we cannot do it without you. May you know God's abundant blessing in your life today and every day. Amen. I invite you now to join me in a time of prayer. Let us pray. <clears throat> Holy God, we are so blessed by you. We thank you that you care for us so much. You care for our world so much that you invite us to be part of the work you are doing in the world. We thank you that for each one of us we have been gifted with skills and passions that allow us to do things for your glorious kingdom here on this earth. Help us, O oh God, 
to see how we may use the gifts you have given us for your glory together as your church. Lord, we pray for those who are in need around us. We, we pray for our family, our friends, and, and our neighbors. We pray for those who are sick. We, we pray for those who, who mourn. We pray for those who are alone or hungry or cold. We pray for so many people that we hold in our hearts and we ask you, God, to comfort them. We ask you, God, to heal them, to, to love them. Lord, Lord, Lord as, we, as we look at the world that is around us, we see things starting to get ugly in our elections, even here in our local elections in Cape Breton, O oh God. Lord, may you bring peace and unity to our politicians. We're not asking for them all to agree, but we're asking for their hearts to be turned by you to the needs of those they are seeking to serve. May they see the broken parts of our society and seek to repair them. May they turn from their mudslinging at each other and, and, and seek to share how we may work together to bring healing to our streets, to bring healing to our homes. Lord, in these coming weeks, may we as voters know who it is we should vote for because of the re uh, because that you would reveal their hearts to us, those who are running for office. And may we see how they are going to serve those who are in need first and foremost. Lord, we also pray for our schools and other gathering places in our communities as we watch with worry the impact of what may be the second wave of COVID-19. Lord, as selfish as it may seem at times, Lord, we ask you to strengthen our Atlantic bubble so that our loved ones, our, our families, our friends, our neighbors may be spared from the impacts of, of the virus. Lord, may your healing and protection come to this world, we pray. Lord, we also pray for our native communities that are around us as we see again uh, acts of racism uh, coming against them as they seek to, to live their lives, to provide for their families, O oh God. We pray that there be healing again and unity again and that we are all brothers and sisters called to share this world and to allow us to live. And especially for our native brothers and sisters, God, we pray that you will protect them and that you will heal them from all that we have inflicted upon them as a society. God, show us our wrongs and how we can make them right, we pray. And Lord, we lift up all these prayers and, and so many others that, are in our, that we carry in our hearts for people we love and cherish, and even for ourselves, oh God, we pray. And we pray also that we will sit and listen for the response that your Spirit has for us this day. Lord, we lift all these prayers to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom 
the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.